Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to Mount Rushmore. My name is Jeff, and as always, I'm stuck in a room, uh, shackled to Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. And Richard and Michael, they like to debate the top four of any given topic, the Mount Rushmore, if you will. And this week is no different in which they are going to debate a topic that I chose, and that is the Mount Rushmore of ad campaign villains. And I'd like to quickly tie into the last subject that we had, the Mount Rushmore of Simpsons periphery. And now to deliver a special sermon on the sanctity of deliciousness, the Noid. That was the uh, Simpsons referring to the Noid, which was the first ad campaign villain that I recall stopping and looking at the TV and going, why? Why? <laughs> why do we have to create a bad guy in this world of heroes? Why must there be villains? And uh, for, for many years, the idea of a product having an aspect of it that was undesirable has been the cornerstone of advertising. Um, and for many years, uh, advertisers have created iconic figures to illustrate those negative aspects of certain products. Um, so we're going to talk about it. Um, I didn't really get an eye roll from Michael and Richard when I came up with this. And in fact, they jumped in uh, feet first to kind of discuss uh, what these things were going to be. So Richard went first our last episode. So Michael, you go first this time. Uh, via feet first, I meant to try and drop kick you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I wanted to include man's inhumanity towards man, but I figured that's... We've had enough of that. <laughs> but instead, uh, we're going to talk about cereal, and we're going to talk about the most devious cereal villain of all time, Barney Rubble. You watch me get Fred's Fruity Pebbles. Who are you? I'm the master rapper, and I'm here to sing. I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. He loves Fruity Pebbles in a major way. The bedrock yellow, orange, purple, lime, and red. But to get the fruity taste, I've got to trick Fred. <laughs> Fruit of Rudy. <laughs> To get the fruity taste, he's got a trick, Fred! Barney! Just let's a Most fruity pebble cereal. Part of this nutritious breakfast. Yeah, but that was delicious. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He's a bad man. <laughs> Barney bad man. <laughs> uh, Fred Flintstone may be stupid and super gullible yeah. and uh, falls for all of Barney's tricks. But Barney just keeps... Maybe... Okay. Let me back up a second. Maybe Barney is... <laughs> Fuck, hold on. <laughs> You're so mad about this that you can't even... I got worked up. Talk. Barney Rubble. Super underrated in terms of being a villain in the world at large. The amount of uh, machinations that he goes through in his trickery, yeah. uh, in the uh, machines that he builds... Mm-hmm. To steal Fred's Fruity Pebbles yeah. is quite something to behold. It also seems out of character. Isn't Barney not the wise, intelligent person? Uh-huh. Okay. Right. A ruse. <laughs> uh, what I like about um, the majority of all of the Fruity Pebbles, probably Cocoa Pebbles too, I would assume, is that Fred never wins. Yeah. He always has his pebbles stolen. He never gets it back. Barney, my pebbles! Classic Fred Flintstone impression. Am I adding to my growing list? Of- <laughs> it's not like he's passing a kidney stone. Or- <laughs> there was only one uh, episode, or one episode, one commercial where 
there is any sort of victory from Fred, yeah. and it takes uh, Santa Claus to come down. I'm glad that, that like the cavemen, <laughs> Santa, Claus. Santa Claus existed for them as well, and basically admonished uh, Barney for uh, stealing his pebbles and not sharing them with Fred. <laughs> I think that's how it originally started, is Fred wouldn't share his fruity pebbles with Barney. So Barney was like, F this. Yeah. I'm going to get this guy back that has been you know, beating me up my, for my entire childhood, I yeah. assume. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a bad man. Yeah, he's frequently very violent <laughs> towards Fred and his schemes. It's not just like simple tricks. I mean, he's putting Fred's life in danger, sometimes his family's life in danger, all for some not very great cereal. It's, yeah, I think <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's the, the, the cherry on top is that uh, who wants that crappy cereal? Post, pick up your game. Okay, Michael, thank you. Richard, what's your first? Uh, so I'll, I'll also stay in the world of cereal. Hmm. And I'm going with the kids in the trick cereal commercials. Oh, cool. Who will not, not let that rabbit eat his goddamn cereal. Yeah. Hey, rabbit, want some tricks? Oh, you know, part of your nutrition breakfast. What's the gag? I believe all your favorite flavors are here. Orange. Orange, orange. Lemon. Lemony lemon. Grapey grape. Tony, is this trick a rabbit wink? Here, enjoy. I'm finally getting tricks. Wake up, rabbit. What's going, rabbit? Tricks are for kids. A rude awakening. Why? Well, the tricks are for kids. But why? Well, not for rabbits. Well, why not? Well, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. How hard would it be just to let, let the damn rabbit have the cereal and then he'd stop mm-hmm. bug, bugging you? And then everybody wins. Maybe there, maybe there is a subconscious effort uh, on behalf of the people that create trick cereal. It's like, don't give this, uh, this human food to animals. Maybe there, oh, are, yeah. maybe there are enough like a kids... a safety thing or something? Yeah, yeah, maybe there are enough kids trying to give uh, cereal to their cats and yeah. dogs. And I guess I, I assume... They're mischievous pet rabbits. Right. Um, well, obviously, to be fair, the rabbit is obviously having a lot of sugar. So maybe <laughs> he doesn't need tricks anymore. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of psycho mascots. If you look at the there rabbit, are. you can see like an insulin pack on the side where he's oh, getting yeah? injections. Oh, so I I'm, didn't know that. I think maybe he has some kind of diabetes or something like that. Could be. Diabetes. Diabetes. I think these commercials really show more than anything else just what dicks kids can be. Yeah. It's just... There's no, there's no reason to not let him have the tricks. Yeah, they're just doing this to be mean. This okay. is animal cruelty. Are is the, what this is. Are these the same kids that are trying to steal Lucky's Lucky Charms? Do you think, think maybe that, that from Central Evil Kid casting that they're just <laughs> yeah. crossing over to a different cereal brand and just look? I assume most kids in cereal commercials are assholes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I, I couldn't be the only one that had hoped Andre the Giant would actually crush those honeycomb <laughs> crisp kids. <laughs> Was he really in a? Honeycomb? Thing? Yeah, he like oh. put, like punches his hand like through the, uh-huh. and he like breaks in, and they freak out. And it just turns out he just wants. Oh, I'm yeah. going to steal. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible. That's as that's, that's as, as bad, bad as, as my Fred Flintstone. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, he it morphed into a crappy Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. no, it's I, 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 look, don't be assholes, kids. If you, if you, kids who are listening, <laughs> if you're in a cereal commercial, just. Chill out, man. The rabbit has like a five-year lifespan. Yeah, let the, I mean, they did. There was one cartoon where they let him win. Oh, they had some sort of vote, uh-huh. and so they let they left it up to kids. And actual kids want the rabbit to have cereal. Yeah, but evil goddamn cereal <laughs> cartoon <laughs> cereal commercial kids. No way. No way. 
Okay, Michael, what's your second? My second one is Mayhem from the Allstate oh, oh, very good. Uh, oh. insurance commercials. I'm a teenage girl. My BFF Becky texts and says she's kissed Johnny. Well, that's a problem because I like Johnny. Now I'm emotionally compromised and whoopsies. I'm all OMG. Becky's not even hot. And if you've got cut rate insurance, you could be paying for this yourself. So get Allstate. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem like me. Uh, played by actor Dean Winters. There have been, it feels like, dozens of these yeah. since it first started airing in 2010, where he uh, is kind of an anthropomorphic version of whatever horrible thing can befall you yeah. outside of the, you know, the norms. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he plays a teenage girl texting. Sometimes he plays... Uh, a careless cleaning lady inside the house, just like slipping on your carpet. Yeah. Sometimes he plays dryer lint. <laughs> uh, I just love that they've been able to cast this one guy as like just a force of destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily represent one thing, just like this outside malevolent right. force that if you have cut rate insurance, you're screwed. You're screwed. You need this, the best insurance because of all the stuff. It can be a Christmas tree. You can mm-hmm. be the world's most beautiful Douglas fir, as he says in one <laughs> in one commercial. There's a lot of sports ones, if I remember. There, there are a lot of like tailgating and like somebody's uh, flag falls off. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it really puts you in, under a state of fear. And maybe a lot of these like villains in commercials are built on that. The idea of like creating some sort of fear. Yeah, and you just watch like a series of these in a row, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, something can happen anywhere, and I need all of the insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need Christmas tree insurance. Which one is that? Yeah, that's on some someone else's car, and it's gonna fall off, and you don't know what's yeah. happening next. Does feel like yeah, somebody's gonna be tailgating, and someone's gonna hit the football into the grill, and then the grill's gonna get cold in your car, and then the car's gonna catch yeah. fire. Okay, Richard, what's your second? Yeah. Okay, so my uh, second one is the Hamburglar. Oh, rubble, 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 rubble. Also on my list. Okay, good. Why, it's that crafty old hamburglar stealing all those delicious McDonald's hamburgers. Said Ronald. What do we do? Well, not even a crafty old hamburglar can pass up a McDonald's chocolate shake. Said Ronald. And sure enough, the crafty old hamburglar went for it. But then... Um, originally called the Lone Jogger in the 70s. Um, <laughs> and he would basically sort of look like he did now, but he had like more of a pointy face. Uh-huh. Like, almost like a spy versus spy kind hmm. of pointy face. Uh-huh. And he had a shirt on that said Lone Jogger. And then he would steal people's food. Wait, you're serious? I'm dead serious about Whoa. this. okay. I don't know why. And they never really explained what the Lone Jogger thing was yeah. all about other than it was like the 70s and everyone was jogging and eating Wow. McDonald's and dropping dead from heart attacks. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, then, and then in the 80s, they brought him back as a lovable, a lovable scamp. red-headed scamp who just loves stealing food, which yeah. I don't know what was going on in the, uh, the Hamburglar house. Was there, he's like some <laughs> sort of like poor, he's like a poor yeah. kid, Wait couldn't afford se- McDonald's. Wait a second, you, da-da-da, has that single tooth, <laughs> He looks like Alfred E. Newman's twin, yeah. uh-huh. but like with the reverse of teeth. <laughs> he's only got one tooth right in the middle where Alfred E. Newman's missing teeth. Right. He looks exactly wow. the same, red-haired, a scamp. I, I want to know, what was... What's going on with the criminal justice system in McDonald's yeah. land? My, yeah. 
McDonald's uh, lens got some weird shit going on, guys. Th- I will admit that this was the cornerstone of about five solid minutes of my stand-up comedy act at one point. <laughs> oh, was it? You had, a, you had a tight five just minutes like the, on the, the Hamburglar. The Hamburglar, yeah, like, McDonald's lens already a fucked up place. But, like, the Hamburglar, uh, he wears a uh, prison clothing, mm-hmm. uh, a Zorro hat and mask, <laughs> and a tie. Right. And, like, why does he wear uh, the mask to protect his criminal identity? Maybe take take off the prison clothing, <laughs> and the uh, like. The fry guys are obviously a criminal crime. Yeah, they're, they're like they're a crime syndicate. syndicate. Yeah, yeah. I, I just and think they like, team up with a Happy Meal gang. Yeah, mm. but everything like the Hamburglar steals hamburgers ostensibly to eat, but the cop and the mayor of McDonaldland are hamburger people. Like, eat do you those, think he ever just eats? Just eat, eat those fuckers. Yeah. You could run the whole town. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was looking some stuff up. Of, like, I was looking. You know you're in trouble when you're researching the Hamburglar? Yeah. Uh, someone has edited, like, the McDonald's wiki about the Hamburglar uh-huh. and has this quote. One time, the Hamburglar cheeseburglarized Mayor McCheese's head and ate it while staring him in the eyes while they could still look. The rest of Mayor McCheese's body was ground up, turned into burgers, and eaten by Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And, and by that annoying cop, Officer Big Mac, who got murdered and eaten right after... Captain Crook was pleased. He had the McDonald's Land theft market cornered. <laughs> That's hilarious. They have they haven't. Un- McDonald's hasn't gone into. Well, I don't know if it's an official McDonald's. Oh. Like every, but all the other pages. Yeah. Are like Brand. normal. Yeah. And then this one, except for this one, which is just off the rails. They are probably so happy that that even happened. Like, oh, cool. Hey, we're cool now, you guys. Well, they tried to relaunch. The Hamburglar. Oh, sure. Hipster, just, hipster hip, Hamburglar. Sexy dad. Um, yeah, he was like sexy, stubbly dad. Really? Hamburglar, like hipstery and tight pants. Oh, wow. He's he's the guy. It, it failed. He's the guy that like the new hot Wendy. Yeah. Like went out with just to piss off her dad. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And they, uh, and, and it's like McDonald's keeps trying to like make itself like hip and cool and like revital, re, like, yeah. rebrand itself. And it never works. You know why? Because you're fucking McDonald's. Yeah. So just, ma- you so, know what I want from McDonald's? I want... Lousy food yeah. that I expect yeah. that tastes the same way as the lousy food I've had there for 40 years. And they're just don't louse that up. Yeah. And you're fine. Yeah. Well, since we're on this in this category, I, I will relay what would have been my choice. And really quickly, because he exists also in the McDonald's Land ecosystem. But until I discovered, I, I remember as a child, distinctly remember two things about Grimace. He had forearms, not two. And he debuted as a villain not as a nice resident of McDonald's Land. Ronald and his friends spotted evil Grimace running off with loads of shakes and Absisty! Thinking quickly, Ronald disguised himself as a big Hollywood movie director. I'm really zesty. Took a shortcut and headed off to Grimace at Filet of Fish Lake. Wait! Shouted Ronald. What a face! What beautiful eyes! I'm gonna make you a star! And we're back. And you couldn't see in that clip that Grimace had four arms, so he must have been in some kind of factory accident, or he conformed <laughs> to the two-arm normative identity of McDonald. Do you Land. think he was like a real human who like got got dropped in like a vat of the? Well, that's what the Joker like and a, he's grimacing yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, he's like a, got dropped in a vat of like uh, the chicken nugget, like pink yeah. sludge. It had and he came be, back yeah. all deformed. Yeah. And, Blobby. Well, yeah. what, you, what you don't know about Grimace now, he's actually Grimace 04. Oh, the yeah. original Grimace was like this experiment that got out. Had It was evil, had four arms. Oh, wow. So it was like the prototype evil Grimace so before they the... corrected all of like the genetics behind the okay. real Grimace. And oh, okay. That, and now it's just genetically <laughs> modified to be like this big dope. It, like X-23 idiot. or like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Or... 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Go to audio Go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey guys, we are at halftime. Go to our, our iTunes page and then go to our Facebook page and our Twitter page and our Instagram page and please like and love us. And we're back. And Richard. Um, so my third choice is The Cavity Creeps All right. from Crest. Day after day, Toothopolis stands behind its beautiful wall of teeth. Ever vulnerable to the cavity creeps. We climb to make holes. <laughs> the cavity creeps. I'll call the crest team. The siren. The cavity creeps must be near our beloved wall of teeth. Yes, at the upper back mola. Hurry into the crest mobile. Crest, This good spot for big holes. <laughs> Popular in the uh, late 70s through the 80s. Uh, cartoon characters that were would fight the Crust Kids. Yeah. Um, the they would team. also oogle women in like that, just that way that <laughs> yeah. you just don't, it's just blah, like not blah. cool. <laughs> and so the, the, uh, the Crest Kids were like these like, I don't know, they were supposed to be like, Crest, Crest, that was the call. Yeah, they were supposed to be like some sort of Justice League, yeah. like one of the kids sort of things. And their job was to protect giant teeth. I don't know where they lived that. The, 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 the whole yeah. like, physics of it gets a yeah. little weird. I don't know if they're like little tiny yeah. people or the are teeth they microscopic are, or, or yeah. giant. I don't know. But they would use crests to protect teeth. Mm-hmm. And the cavity creeps were like these spawny Todd McFarlane looking yeah. like really frightening kind of things. Yeah. And they would just, we make holes in teeth. Yeah. We make holes in teeth. And they would show up with like drills and picks and all matters of all matter of, uh, of, of destruct, forms of destruction to try and just their whole role in life was just to yeah. fuck up teeth. And they were, I feel like the Mucinex characters are kind of the the offspring of Cavity Creeps. These blobby, unattractive things. Right. Um, I think so. I think that, but the Mucinex ones, they tried to use humor. These were not humorous. No, yeah. They were meant to be like, frighten the shit out of you as a kid. Yeah. So that you brushed your teeth. Because <laughs> you did not want those things running around in your mouth. Yeah. Awful. Um, someone online I saw called it a, uh, I think this is right, they kind of look like this bizarro mix of Attack on Titan and the Magic School Bus. Oh, okay. Like if they, if, if you had a cartoon that kind of married those two, it would look like the, Krav- mm-hmm. the, the Crest Kids commercials were the uh, Cavity Creeps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're the only ad bad guys that have a, a Murphy's Law punk rock song. About them. Oh, really? That's actually a song called <laughs> Ca- Cavity Creeps, and pretty much all the lyrics are just, we make holes in teeth. Oh, that's awesome. But I, I, so I, I have them on there, you know, partially because so many of these characters are kind of these bumbling mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells, where they're not really bad. They're just, they have something that they want. Yeah. You know, whether it's Barney <laughs> wanting the Cocoa Pebbles, or it's the Hamburglar wanting a hamburger. Yeah. These guys are just, they're just Cavity creeps out, yeah. for, out for destruction. They're just out for destruction. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, they are, they are, you know, comic book bad guys yeah. brought to tooth sized form. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do, do you remember this trip? Did they have like, were they working for somebody else? Were they like orcs who were sent out by some sort of like, Oh, like minions. Yeah. Or I don't or Were they just mindless and they did it themselves? It feels like they should have been like minions mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. It, this feels like a plot that Mumra was <laughs> behind. I, I, I feel like we can relaunch this. I feel like there's a movie. I would to be love made to do a serious this. Christopher Nolan kind of reboot of this thing where we have a backstory for each of the team. Yeah. And, uh, no, d- definitely. If, if you can, if you can do Transformers, you can do this. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Michael, uh, my final pick is, the bully 
from the Charles Atlas bodybuilding ads. Wow, that's a pretty cool one. Um, these were ads that used to run in comic books in the 50s and 60s and even up until the 80s. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing them in comic oh, yeah. books growing up where uh, the setup was usually always the same. There would be like a scrawny guy on the beach with his date and then some lughead muscle-bound goon would either purposefully kick dirt in their face or yeah. uh, would accidentally bump you know, his date's elbow. Uh, the pipsqueak man would... Uh, turn tail and run and be like let's get out of here i I can't do it she would be incensed Mm -hmm. call him names really berate him and be offended and of course he needed to turn somewhere and he turned to the uh, charles atlas school of bodybuilding yeah for like a stamp or (laughs) for a couple dollars you could get a book and then in you know the later they never quite gave you a time frame it just said later later yeah show back up at the beach put on some muscle yeah Mm -hmm. And then a good lesson for all children to combat violence is to combat it with more violence. Yeah, yeah. And get your revenge by being muscly and huge and angry. (laughs) What a great set of ads. It was in a comic book, but that's not not the plot of Batman. I mean, (laughs) that's not not the plot of of a lot of comic books. So you're saying really. Charles Atlas's parents died <laughs> at a young age? And... Well, there is a lot of personal transformation in comic books and things, but they're usually fighting for truth, justice, in the American way, not just trying to get some. Trying to get sand <laughs> in your face. I remember the catchphrase, turn Mac into a man. Mm. And then I remember also reading Charles Atlas's principles were something like dynamic tension, which I think is when you... We, the way you could build your body to Charles Atlas was to take one hand, clasp the other hand, and pull real hard against them, and then you'll have muscles. Makes sense. Yeah, there's a list of these I'm looking at on, on uh, Wikipedia right now. There's uh, how Jack the Weakling slaughtered the dance floor hog. <laughs> yeah. That's frightening. Hey, Skinny, your ribs are showing. Um, uh, I like... There's... I'd love to have written these. I, I, I was born in the wrong era. Yeah. Just writing the headlines for these would have been... I, I, I could have died a happy man. I mean, you talk about like Batman type fantasies of like there was there was one where like there was like a crook or a robber that had uh, robbed a bank and was trying to get away and you know, very rightfully so the the weak man in general was like, uh, let's get out of here, yeah, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, why didn't you stop that man with a gun? <laughs> Comes back later, there happens to be another bank robbery, kerpow, just knocks the guy out. <laughs> just like punches the guy. It's like, don't do this, kids. No, avoid, yeah, avoid this. Absolutely yeah, horrible. I'd like to see the version of this where the guy gets all muscly, comes up to the bully, and the bully still kicks his ass. Yeah, just still Because the bully is like, like an MMA a ma- fighter or something. Master in Taekwondo. Yeah. Yeah. I've been practicing that for years, okay? Yeah. You've, been, you've been buff for like five days. Yeah. You know, it's like not knowing how to like yeah. control like like this this powerful like, yeah. like beast that you've got no control over. Or he, he, he comes up to confront the bully, and the bully defeats him, and he goes, yeah, because I'm Charles Atlas. That's <laughs> You didn't know that this whole time? The ads that I remember most from, from <laughs> comics growing up were either these ones, or they were for, like, x-ray specs. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> either way. They're promises of so, sex. And, so yeah. creepy. <laughs> I promised your access or visibility of boobies if you uh, become strong. Uh, the last one, Richard. It would be me. Uh, and last one is the Frito Bandito. Hello, boys and girls. It's me, the Frito Bandito. You know what I heard about you? I heard you want to be a Frito Bandito like me. You do? Then you must sing the Bandito song. Let's sing together. 
You just follow the bouncing Fritos corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. Um, animated by Tex Avery. Is that right? Voiced by Mel Blanc. Oh, wow. And just as racist as Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> the trifecta. So for those of you kids out there who don't remember back in the 60s, like I don't because I wasn't born in the 60s, but um, the uh, Frito Bandito was a uh, cartoon that would interact with, with actual people. And basically he wanted to steal all of the Fritos. And he talked like Speedy Gonzalez. So he kind of talked like the slow guy on the Speedy Gonzalez cartoons. I want to steal all of your fritos. Slowpoke Rodriguez. Yeah, he sounded like Slowpoke Rodriguez because <laughs> it was Mel Blanc. And uh, it was just every bad racist stereotype of like Mexicans. He wore like a sombrero and like he looked like Pancho Villa a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And uh, had like the must- droopy mustache and everything. And he was constantly like, if he if he wasn't tricking white people into giving him their uh, Fritos, uh-huh. he was just straight up pointing a gun at them <laughs> and taking them at point blank range. This is not a villain. You, this is not a, a, a this is not someone to fuck with. No, this is not you know sort of kind of wacky Barney with his his schemes. Mm-hmm. This like guy's gonna sh- shoot you in the face. The Che Guevara of uh, of snack. Or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I uh, th- th- eventually, I think in the late sixties, early seventies, um, there's enough of, I guess, hue and haw about the racist overtones from some mm-hmm. Hispanic uh, rights groups that Fritos actually had to finally take it off mm-hmm. the shelf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of inappropriate, ethnically inappropriate. Uh, mascot food mascots yeah. over yeah. the years i know phil hendry the radio host did a uh, segment where it was the dodgers versus the um yeah inappropriately ethnic uh, food mascots <laughs> like Aunt jemima and uncle ben yeah. and the frito bandito oh, um and honestly it's on the list mainly because i just love saying frito bandito it's well, so fun it's, it's one yeah. of my it's one of my all-time favorite yeah. uh combination of words yeah Okay, I would guys. like to see him uh, go after a hot Wendy. <laughs> Frito Bandito. I would like to see like the new version of the Frito Bandito, the, the 2017 like hipster Frito Bandito. I would love if he was kind of like uh, the, the Jesus from uh, Lebowski or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, guys, you did a great job. Thank you so much for your spirited discussion of the Mount Rushmore of ad campaign villains. And um, the, I already listed my pick. That was the, uh, the uh, Grimace who did the face turn from heel to face and then lost two arms in the process but um i i think it's so cool that you uh set me up for my hacky stand of comedy by both picking hamburglar so we'll each get a point for that and then i i want to break this tie really badly but it's not gonna happen this time around because i michael i just really love the pull of charles atlas and being one of the prototypical um uh the, the the bully on the the sand on the beach being one of the typical bullies and then Frito Bandudu, Frito Bandudu, <laughs> Frito Bandudu, Frito Band, the Frito Bandudu is one of my favorites because that's that I was born in the '60s and he was on TV when I was a kid. So I have long, I've longed many years to do a serious Christopher Nolan type uh, reboot with psychological realism and really great visual effects of the Cavity Creeps. So uh, and the Crest Team. Bane is basically a Cavity Creep. Bane is essentially a Cavity Creep. So I think we can do that. I was born in the cavity. (laughs) (laughs) 
you merely adopted <laughs> flossing. Okay, so thanks very much. This has been the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I, as usual, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Adios, everybody.